Hello and welcome to this technically second but really first time for the officially unofficial Mandalorian After Show, That Was The Way. My name is John Mark Tolley and before we get started, let's introduce our, let's get you all introduced to our panels, which will be taking you through each and every week as we discuss every episode of The Mandalorian. First, she is a writer. Uh, she's written for, who have you written for again? I've written uh, for Force. Star Wars Insider a few times about wildlife, and I've also written some science papers and stuff like that for Scientific American. And I work at okay. Uh This, of course, is Melissa Miller. Hi. Also joining us, he is the host of, well. <laughs> he has a terrible internet connection. Brian Miller, woo! <laughs> I was going to say that he is the host of what has been <laughs> of one of the 50 top 50 must listen to Star Wars podcast on the internet today. Yeah. It is the one, the only, the host of the Star Wars Canon podcast and a good friend of mine, Mr. Brian Miller. How's no relation that I know of. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know that I know. We'll I see was going to say that too. We've got to say the no relation thing, you know, it's the first time I've got it. That we know of. That we know of, it's true. That we know of. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see if I can hold this together because I've got like classic trilogy Falcon, like Empire Strikes Back Falcon malfunctions going on right now. <laughs> so. No, I swear I fixed it. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> oh, still my favorite lines in, in the original trilogy. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Uh, they so told me they fixed finally, we, uh, we finally got Ignore it. Me. We got it. We got it. We have, it is finally here. Season two, chapter nine, The Marshal. Mm. Uh, first, before we get started into breaking this whole thing down, initial thoughts. Melissa, we'll start with you. Um, I mean, I love a Western, so my whole, the opening, you know, sequence or whatever, uh, I guess it's not the opening sequence, but once he, once he gets to Tatooine, um, you know, just that stereotypical ride into town, people, you know, staring at him from the porches, you know, tying up his horse, his speeder bike. I just, I, I even said out loud, I'm like, wow, no one has like spit into a spittoon. Amazing. And then sure enough, like 30 seconds later, there's a spittoon. I mean, you know, the line, we, we haven't had a stranger around here in a long time. I just, I was like laughing maniacally at the Western tie-ins. I loved it. And now uh, I'll get... I'll get to your thoughts here in a second, but one thing I found interesting that I, that I didn't realize it that um, I don't know if either one of you are familiar with the series Deadwood. Oh, yeah. Which had Timothy Oliphant, and I think Brian froze again on us. Either well, that or he's just smiling. I mean, and to me, um, he's Marshall Raylan Givens from Justified. Um, so yeah. I really wondered if the, if the writers wrote the name of the episode, The Marshall, and the casting director was like, well, we just have to call Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> the end. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. And he's back. Come back. <laughs> um, I was just going to, I was just talking to her. Um, we're talking about the Western aspect of it. And mm -hmm. one thing I thought was, now, I asked Melissa, um, had, did you ever watch the, uh, I think it was the HBO shit series, uh, um, Deadwood? What Are was familiar it? with that? Timothy Deadwood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Weak Way was also in Deadwood with Timothy Oliphant, the guy who played the Weak Way. 
Um, oh, okay. And basically played the same type of character, so. That's great. Uh, but yeah, um, Brian, your initial thoughts on this episode. Uh, we'll episode. see if we can get through this before my computer decides to take a crap. Dude, what an episode. Like, this was one of the most amazing, like, mm -hmm. season kickoffs I've ever seen for anything. And I don't know if you guys know it or not, that that one-eyed Cyclops guy he was there to talk to at the beginning is was uh, John Linguizamo, or how do you say his name? John Linguizamo. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize it was even hit, but it, that's who it was. That was a great episode. Absolutely great. Uh, from oh. beginning to end, it was just, I, I squealed. I've watched it twice now. I watched it with my wife, too. She fell asleep right as it was starting and i was like well i i don't care i'm watching i can't wait i'm watching it so yeah. uh but we we watched it i watched it twice now i i i jesus oh my god oh yeah <laughs> those are my initial well, thoughts guys so coherent uh, that's, say, that's that's yes. what it is <laughs> well let's start off from the beginning and we catch we catch up with the mandalorian looking in the search for other mandalorians to help him search down the Jedi, which I thought was interesting that instead of just going searching, like I'm gonna search for the Jedi, no, he's searching for the Mandalorians yeah. who can then help him find the Jedi. And we see him on this um, this planet, doesn't say where it's at, but you can tell it's a CD, kind of a CD underground. And um, if you notice the artwork, it looks like there's a lot of homage to the Clone Wars. Uh, there's a lot of clone, you see pictures of clone helmets and other, and I think Brian just froze up on us again. Yeah, I was certainly um, jealous of whatever production designer got to decide what Star Wars graffiti looks like, because that's not a, a thought yeah. process I've ever gotten to take off on, but I really enjoyed that sort of setup for that planet. Mm -hmm. Well, and one thing I wanted to talk to Brian, if uh, Brian is, are you, you there, Brian? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, I. You guys are froze, but I think I'm still here. Yeah, it might yeah. be. Yeah, you're I mean, here. I, you know, I love seeing your Star Wars swag, but I've always heard it's better if you turn off your video. You might, you might. Uh, you, do I need to? Or... I can probably do that. Hang on. Maybe but that'll help. Tell yeah. us when you're frozen somehow. That's fine. No worries. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, one thing I want to talk to you about, Brian, is since you're the um, the canon master here. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some talk, I was watching some videos in preparation for this about a, not a droid uprising, but like a pro-droid movement that was going on during this time. And they kind of, they, they, I guess they kind of hint at it with some of the, um, murals that are in the, the that opening right. scene. Right. Cause you do see that, like the protocol droid face and the, and the graffiti and stuff like that. Yeah, there yeah. there was this whole like L three finally got what she wanted, even though she wasn't a droid anymore. Like there was these droid yeah. rights going thing going on. Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy yeah. to, to see just that um, little that little Easter egg thrown in there. And I love seeing the alien when you when you finally get into the the fight pit or whatever you want to call it. Um, seeing all those aliens again and new aliens we hadn't seen once we've seen before, mm -hmm. and of course seeing the Gamorrean guards. And yeah. this is one thing I loved is they didn't change them. They didn't try to make them cool. And, you know, they're yeah. still just the little rubber guys who can't move hardly at all. And, oh, that was just so awesome. But way more uh, toned. And sing <laughs> Way more toned. What's that? Way more toned. Yeah. yeah. No, I love yeah. I mean, Jabba Palace is one of my the favorites. one fly across the... 
What's that? Well, Jabba's palace is one of my favorite sequences Sorry, from the movies. So yes. to have any callbacks yeah. to that always makes me really happy. Like mm -hmm. the the um, gatekeeper yeah. droid in season um, one. I love that. So. Yeah. Seeing the, uh, I love seeing the Gamor the one, the one Gamorian dive over the uh, WWE style, <laughs> almost just diving over that and then taking a face plant. Yes. Uh, um, but yeah, you get a little bit of the, um, uh, this was just mostly just to set up what's going to come, what's going to come next, um, which right. of course we end up back on Tatooine. Now, guys, what do you think about being back on Tatooine? Um, there's some people who might think that we've seen Tatooine so much, but it's like a warm hug, a warm <laughs> sandy hug. I was fine. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was fine with it as long as I like that the Mandalorian also was like, I was just there. So like, as long as once he acknowledged that we've been there a lot, I was fine with going back there. Mm -hmm. See, yeah, for me, yeah. Tatooine. But it were a different. Pl I... Oh, go ahead, Mark. Oh, sorry. Um, oh. I did like the fact that we're in a different part of Tatooine. You know, we've yeah. been to Mos Eisley. We've been to Mos Espa. Let's see something, uh, another part of the planet, uh, right. which we do. So, uh, yeah, we, we arrive at Tatooine and immediately we're sent to this little, looks like this small little mining village. Um, mm -hmm. Well, not immediately. First, we get my favorite, and... my favorite side character from season one, which is the mechanic. Love her. Love Amy Sedaris. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 She was great. Um, and, and not just her. We get that R five cameo. Yeah. And not only that, I found this out. I found this out. This comes directly from Dave Filoni himself. That is the original R five. Is it really? It is supposed to be the original oh, R five with a broken so motivator. Cool. The whole That's idea, so awesome. he said he loved the idea that he never got off Tatooine, that he got stuck there. Yeah. That's I, so awesome. All this time. That the is second time, the original R5. The second time I watched it, I saw he has like a little bit of like an oil stain on, on the top of his head. And I'm like, I swear that's right where he like scorched himself or whatever. He popped the motivator. Of, yep. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I, I didn't notice it the first time, but I noticed it the second time. And I wanted it to be the same prop, intended mm -hmm. to be the same character. That makes me really happy. As soon as she screamed, yeah. turned around and screamed, R5! I, and before he even popped up, I'm like, no, no way. No way this is R5-D4. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, because well, uh, being a canon junkie, there's a story in From a Certain Point of View uh, that it's the story of him talking to R2 on the Jawa Sandcrawler. And R2 convinced him to pop his motivator so he could be the droid that that – luke got so r5 popped it on purpose and then I that's know. where he ended up i love it oh that makes me so happy i love that yeah i love it mm -hmm. well hopefully he's had a good um, life you know but yeah but yeah the um we're then um you know we're on our way to this small little town which you're gonna kill me but i cannot remember the name of the boss moss pelgo Mos Pelgo. Mos Pelgo. Um, That's why there's three of us here, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of us will. One of us will get um, the get it right, and you see immediately that it's just this. Like you said, it's very much a western, very much spaghetti western. Um, mm -hmm. You know, at this point, you're getting vibes of like uh, the man with no name and 
the good, the bad, and the ugly, and all those classic Clint Eastwood, um, you know, you're not from around these parts, sorry, the type of <laughs> yeah. thing. And they just kept hitting those tropes, and I loved uh, it. So walking, the walking, the woman stepping out balloon. of the shadows. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. and um. You know, and then of course you're you're soon introduced to the Timothy Oliphant character. And what was the first thing you saw when you saw the Boba Fett armor? That was like, I mean, yeah, that's that armor yeah. reveal was amazing. I didn't. Yeah. See it coming. Now, the first I thing watch, I thought. I didn't watch the preview. I don't know if that was in the preview, but I was shocked. No, uh, the first thing I thought was that's not Boba Fett. Right. <laughs> I knew, I mean, uh, the minute I saw the armor, the way he was wearing the armor, the way he was standing, like, that's not Boba. Are, aren't you a little that's tall to be a Mandalorian? <laughs> yeah. Yes. What's that? Aren't you a little tall to be a Mandalorian? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, well, that was the thing. The armor didn't fit him right. Right. The armor, it, it, looked, it looked odd on him. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, you get the scene where he takes the helmet off and you see that it's not him. Um, well, and even before you see his face, the fact that he just takes the helmet off as soon as he sits down already, mm -hmm. we know, right? So yeah, already that's right. shocking yeah. to us. So. Yeah. Um, well, see, see, being like, like I said, I'm going to keep coming back to the canon thing. I'd heard the name Moss Pelga before, and right. it was in the Aftermath novels. They had little mm -hmm. interlude chapters, and one of them told the story of Cobb Vanth and how he got mm -hmm. the armor and stuff. So as soon as he said he's going back to Tatooine and he, they brought up uh, Moss Pelgo, I I started fanboying and geeking because that's that's one of those times where it's it's rewarding to keep up on all this stuff and read all the novels yeah. and the comics and everything. And it's one of those things. Yes, we're getting this guy. Awesome. Cool. I'll have to go back and read that because it's it's cool. Yeah. There's there's through that whole trilogy in each book. There's one chapter that tells part of that story. Just one interlude chapter in each book that kind of tells his story of how he got the armor and and kind of some of his adventures while wearing it and stuff so okay. as soon as he like as soon yeah. as he popped up in the show for me i was just like please be Cobb vanth please tell me your name's Cobb vanth because if it's not i'm gonna be so pissed <laughs> you know what i mean like it has to be and as soon as he said his name like this is this is too perfect this is great yeah do those novels um, also say what type of mining they're doing because i found it very odd that they never they just say mining mining guild the mines the you know yeah, they i don't never think they ever did Okay. If you no, don't know, I yeah, feel no, like they never no, mentioned no. what type of. Uh, um, yeah, I'm not sure what they would be mining on Tatooine. Yeah, um, it was very mysterious. Who knows? <laughs> Water. Well, the only one thing. Uh, this is a little east, little Easter egg that I thought you guys would find interesting. Uh, when uh, he's telling the story of the um, how he, you know, right before he got the armor, when he when the mining the mining guilds or whatever you know attack the city uh right when he's when he's you see the little scene where they're showing the death star getting getting blown up mm -hmm. the little hollow right and the, the text 97 version you know what that text said uh-uh do you know what the text said the little uh -uh. text in arabish Let's see if I can find. Little does Luke know that the Galactic Empire has secretly been the construction of a new armored space station, even more powerful than the first dreaded Death Star. Is that it really what it says? That is actually what it says. They have the opening <laughs> crawl oh going God. around in Erebus. That, that is, is amazing. So nerdy. I yes. love it. 
Yes, I love I love those little Easter egg things like that. They just pop up every once in a while. You're like, and we were talking about this last week about that's what we love is just those little things that you have to be a hardcore Star Wars fan. I only found out about that from watching uh, watching another video about it and say, someone mentioned it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so awesome. I don't oh, even remember awesome. there being text. I was too distracted by the fact that it's clearly the 1997 version of the explosion and not the 1983 yeah. version of the explosion. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which of all the yes. updates, the explosions were actually acceptable. We don't need to get into it, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but yeah, uh, it's um, getting back to kind of the overall story we soon find out that there is something that has been um, terrorizing the village there for quite some time. And uh, some will get Kevin Bacon. There's a giant earthworm <laughs> underneath the sand. Uh, yeah, it's a crate dragon. Uh, something that has been alluded to uh, throughout not only canon, but uh, old legends before. And mm -hmm. we finally get our first really good glimpse of one of these creatures. And it was awesome. It was pretty terrifying. <laughs> You're getting some like Game of Thrones vibes going <laughs> yeah. on with it. Because yeah. it was Oh definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Massive. It, oh god, huge. Um, and yeah. My my first thought before he said crate dragon, because he didn't say that till after the, you know, it ate the bantha, the first bantha. And he said, you know, it's a crate dragon. My first thought was uh, Sarlacc. Yeah, you know, I was thinking Sarlacc for some reason because we had the Fed armor and that's what my brain just automatically went to. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we are going to see a freaking Sarlacc like come out of it. It's going to be like a total Tremors thing. But as soon as he said it's a crate dragon, it, yeah. like I, I didn't realize I could get happier than I was with Sarlacc. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, my, my thought was always with Sarlacc was I didn't think Sarlacc's moved. Yeah, I don't think they do either now that you say that. I thought Sarlacc's just, I thought they just like got somewhere and just like stayed there. Yeah, that's probably you know, I, I'm not. I would say I can consult my um, wildlife of stars. Oh, she's got the, she's got the encyclopedia <laughs> there. Because that's another thing that Terrell, so I talked to Terrell Whitlatch, she's the author of this book, and uh, there's a separate interview we'll put up with her. But yeah, I mean, the babies have got to get somewhere at some point, right? If it, depending on how it, depending yeah. on how it, it, it uh, moves. But Procreates. yeah, no, I, yeah. I immediately thought crate dragon after I thought Tremor. Yeah, that was the first thing. I thought crate dragon and yeah. was so excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a little bit of, also a little bit of Dune in there too with the sandworms and yeah. little Tremors and uh, they were just all over the place with this one, but it was just just awesome. Um, yeah, when was Dune supposed to come out? I wonder, what is, was it supposed to be out by now? And people would be like, you know, thinking that that even more had the movie come out on time. So I just don't remember. Is it I out I don't yet? know. It's not out now yeah. because of the pandemic, but I don't, I don't remember uh, when it was originally supposed to come out. So Yeah. Stupid COVID. Um, anyway, I know. There are. <laughs> Um, so he agrees, um, they, they, the two strike a deal that he will give up the armor if he helps him take care of this crate dragon. And he knows just the people to help him do that. And they are, uh, not just the men, but the women and the children too will help. 
Uh, and of course, <laughs> see what I did there? It's <laughs> clever. I know, I know, right? Uh, they're the Sand People, Tuscan Raiders. And I, again, this is right back to, um, you know, classic Cowboys and Indians, Western, yeah. you know. Um, you know, the native, you know, help working with the native population to take, take, you know, to help. Right. You know, uh, so even, even a little bit of without necessarily all the comedy, but a little bit of blazing saddles where, you know, trying to overcome the racism and, um, right. no, I know, thought working was... together to fight this common enemy. Yeah. Right. I thought it was good that they didn't seem to shy away from, you know, the conflicts. We've killed them. They've killed us. Who started what? You know, we're taking resources from their land. Yeah, I, I like, love. I thought it was great they didn't shy away from that, and how awkward and uncomfortable and difficult. And I like the fact that they didn't. And I like the fact that they didn't put the blame on. There was nothing like, "Well, you're to blame for this, or you're to blame for that." It was just like, "This is the way it is." You know, we've done bad things. You've done bad things. We've done bad things to each other, but now we have a common enemy, so we need to get past all that and focus on this common threat that's a threat to all of us. Mm -hmm. And then we can, you know, we can deal with any other ramifications that come in, at, you know, after that. But it wasn't like, you know, and this is going to sound bad, but it wasn't trying to, you know, push down, you know, humans bad, right? you know, type of things. Right. It was just like, hey, we've made mistakes. Let's move past it. We got this big, huge dragon their underground dragon to take care of now so let's get take, well, let's let's take care of that and they also didn't give us the idea that everything is sunshine and roses now you know there was an agreement that agreement is you know the yeah. it's happened you know the agreement is we won't <coughs> do anything to you until you do anything to us or or unless you do anything to us so yeah. you know, it's still a tenuous a tenuous sort of truce and i think that's you know realistic so mm -hmm. I liked how everybody was yeah. like, you know, the sand people are savages. And then Mando comes along. And he's just like, have you tried talking to them? <laughs> we could just try that. Yeah. No, it's, it's a simple sort of character. Um, a nice know, little thing really was that. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Um, I think it was cool that they, uh, they hired someone who's, who uh, knew uh, America's sign language to try to come up with the, the uh, communication, the sign communication that the Tuscans did with the the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I thought that was kind of a neat touch to get that in. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, but yeah, uh, you get this. I mean, it was just, there's so much to talk about. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Uh, tell me how much you loved seeing the bandas oh. uh, going in single file because I was so excited. <laughs> yes, that's the first. They I was were, were that. they? I was going to mention I that. I never even realized. Yes, that. I, oh, the yeah. first thing I, mean, I thought was I thought of Obi Wan. I thought the line from Obi Wan saying about how sand people always always travel in fire. single file to hide their numbers, and you yeah. see them going in single file. I'm like, even yes. think of that. Every shot, every shot, single file. And it, and it, I mean, that's a very basic line. I think a lot of people remember. So mm -hmm. you'd get, you'd be really getting it wrong if you just had them, you mm -hmm. know, spread out or whatever. But I right. still appreciated just that, that, that attention to detail. Right. 
So. Oh, can we mm-hmm. can we talk about the the Tusky Raider brushing the teeth of the Bantha for a second? <laughs> because here's here's what's funny yeah. about that. Here's uh, back in 1978. I, j- I saw this on Facebook earlier. In 78, there was a, a a sci-fi magazine talking about the Gaffy Stick, the Tusky Gaffy Stick. And they were talking about how the end of it, that end of it looked just like a gum stimulator on the end of a toothbrush, that little spike. And they were mm-hmm. like, maybe that's what it's for, but maybe not. We don't know. And so here you see a Tusken Raider uh, using it to brush his Bantha's teeth. Like, uh, it was yeah. a nice little callback to something. Like, I don't know if that's coincidence or if they did that on purpose or, yeah. or what, I mean- but... And to take something so scary, you know, like yeah. I, you know, being a kid and having the Tuscan Raider raise that above his head and and it's a toothbrush, and then it it's turns out that it <laughs> loved it, loved it. It's funny. It's absolutely great. And again, it's not part of the scene. It's just like as the camera is panning through the yeah. camp, like and it. and it's something that a nomad would be doing with their steed, like you know what I mean, like taking care of them, tending to them, and. And cleaning their teeth or whatever, even though the thing gets, you know, eaten and then blown up at the same time <laughs> the next day. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, it, it was still, it was kind of cool yeah. to see that. Well, it, and you get this sense that these banthas are, they are everything for these, for the, for the Tuscan Raiders. They're, they're probably a source of probably, they probably, you know, drink the milk from them. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're, they're, ways of transportation their food they probably use parts for shelter so they probably use every bit of these so yeah they're gonna you know take care of these animals they're gonna treat them you know with respect because that's how they survive is through these banthas but we have no problem strapping a bunch of bombs to one of them yeah and and feeding it to a great dragon (laughs) you gotta do what you gotta do this is another yeah. part. I did talk about it with Tara Whitledge earlier too, um, where she worked out this whole lore that, you know, uh, Tuscan Raiders, when they come of age, get like bonded to a bantha of the same age. And then Aww. they are, you know, basically walk through life together. Um, and it's their, their bantha and their Tuscan Raider. And so knowing that sort of mythology at the time when they like, one has to go up and like sacrifice their sacrifice bantha. It. And it turns out that, the bantha doesn't get eaten and the tuscan raider does spoilers but that um, was awesome but the whole sequence i was just like oh no but they're they're like bonded pairs and maybe that's not canon or whatever but in the wildlife guide that i'm i'm so used to to using i was Mm. i was thinking about that the whole time (laughs) that's dark it's dark sad (laughs) now i'm sad yeah no, that oh. one goes under my list. Of, there's a little sad face of like, oh, but the Banthas <laughs> are bonded pairs. So. Rest in peace, random Bantha. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get the, you know, the initial, you know, the showdown. Well, first you first see the, the Bantha and then they realize quickly that they don't have enough people to take down this, this, this creature, not the Bantha, the, the crepe dragon. Mm-hmm. And they're going to need help from the village, and we've already hinted at this. So, um, you know, how do you how do you think that? I mean, we've kind of talked about that, you know, and the reaction from the initial reaction from the villagers of hesitation, but then realizing that you know quickly realizing that we can't do this by ourselves, and mm-hmm. we're going to need help. 
Yeah. So Herschel is a good politician, if um, nothing else, you know, a good speech giver of, yeah. of we can't do oh, this yeah. ourselves and God forbid they go after the school. Like, oh man, you can't disagree uh -huh. with them now. That was, that was something straight out of Woody's Roundup on Toy Story 2. <laughs> yeah. So, right. Oh yeah. The, the, who plays the kids in that? I forget. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't, uh, It's like the monkeys or something like that. Yeah, something. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I just had it. Yeah. Okay. We got to save the school bullseye. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was packing peanuts. Um, packing peanuts. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when he, when he brought up the school, that was the most Western thing. Right. Yeah. You could have said, and even the way he said it, or God forbid the school and everybody's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You got a point there. Like, oh yeah. 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 For, for all six buildings in our town, how many kids do we have going to school? Like, <laughs> right. Like, so, yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah you know we get our and we get some really interesting you know i like the fact that they they took the idea of the fire breathing dragon but instead of having it spew fire it was like this acid that's the only I, thing I, I can think of this think acid yeah i think that's what it was supposed to be yeah, and I, I actually yeah, asked Yeah, because it looked like it this. disintegrated. Yeah, because I, I, I tried to notice the second time I looked at it what it did to those that it spit mm -hmm. on, and it wasn't really clear. They didn't, like, disintegrate or go down to bones or anything like that. Right. But even if it's just stomach yeah. contents, like, that is acidic. So, acidic. Uh, well, Cobb did yeah. say... Cobb did say that he's that it's picking us off, you know, and he said that after a bunch of them got spewed, so right. I, I guess it was killing them? Yeah. I'm assuming. I don't know. But... If it's just stomach contents, yeah. how is he spewing yeah, it and really killing Tuscans? And then and then the Mando flies in or whatever. Yeah, you know, he pulls the men in black. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, my husband pointed yeah. out that that was a missed opportunity to say, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. When he comes out, all covered in goo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yes. God. That would be great. Yes, right? that was. I know it would probably would have been a little too much. But thinking about it made me happy. That would have been too on the nose. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I thought, you know, when they first, they put the, um, they got the charges down and then it, it comes out and they first blow it up. I, the first thing I thought was like, that's too easy. Yeah. That was way too easy. Of course. And of course it was. So you have to have the whole, um, and the throwback to uh, when the, um, uh, I'll always forget his name. Uh, Timothy Oliphant's character is going to try and be the one to be the hero to fly in. <laughs> and it's my favorite Easter egg. Yeah, that was fun. He does this boom right there, just like just like in Return of the Jedi, okay. and knocks that jetpack. Where? <laughs> Where? <laughs> Yeah. That, is, that is my favorite. I laughed so hard. That was because that was the one. Like, I love the R5. I loved all the other the other Easter eggs. Even Cobb's land speeder, which we haven't talked about yet, oh, what it was made out of. Mm -hmm. But, like, that, the whole, he's like, you're, you take care of the kid. And he just, he hits it with the butt of his rifle and he takes off. Laughed my ass off. I'm sorry. That was absolutely, that's the way Star Wars nostalgia is supposed to be executed. Yes. Yeah. That yes. is perfect. Yeah. 
And any naysayer now who, who for however many decades has been like, well, it wouldn't be that easy. But that's a badass. It would take more than Han just like bonking into him. Be like, no, apparently he hit the magic spot that all Mandalorians know about. <laughs> he had a faulty jetpack. Right. Yeah, it had to have been what it um, was. But it was also cool, though, seeing seeing all the little tools on on uh boba fett's armor the um the eye oh, the reticule with the yeah. ho- with the targeting sensor and the fact that it was the original s- sound effects from the original star wars that... yeah 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 that was and the fact that he has to bend down to fire the rocket. Yeah, I have was... questions oh, about I the marketing cool. system, but whatever. I was won't... that not the most Iron Man scene you've ever seen in Star Wars? And think about it, both by John Favreau. Iron Man and this episode were both John yes. Favreau. And that was the most Iron Man thing he could have done. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yes. So. That was awesome. It. Yeah, I um, hope Timothy Oliphant was having fun in there. Like, I hope he's a total Star Wars fan. Oh, I hope um, this was just like Kid in a Candy I think Store. Where, where, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think we do. I. <laughs> um, the one thing that I I I enjoy, even though I love the character, I love the fact that one of the critic. I guess you could say one of the criticisms, or. If, if there are any criticism for season one that it became the quote unquote show. And sorry, the what? I love the fact that this episode, the Baby Yoda show. Oh, yeah. Season one was kind of the Baby Yoda show. Yeah. And I love the fact that in this one, the child took a back seat. Yeah. This was mm-hmm. a very front and center a Mando episode. Um, yeah. Yes, right. Baby Yoda, the child was in it. Um, but again, it's, he kind of takes a back seat. You, he's not really front and center. You know, there's a few mentions of him, but he's, there's a few things that you almost kind of forget that he's there. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed that. You know, don't be wrong. I love the child. Yeah. He's in the background, just chilling, um, doing his, doing his thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, no, that's a good point. I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't really noticed it, but I, I do like that about this episode. Um, you know, I'm always frustrated when I don't feel like we've advanced the plot any. Like if our goal was to find a Mandalorian, to find the Jedis, to find, you know, the child's homeworld, we did none of those things, but that's okay. Yeah. But I do like, you're right, that the child was just sort of there to coo in the background and a couple, you know, humorous moments with ears flapping. And I do love that he like, closes the bluetooth bassinet because he knows mandalorian's about to start shooting people like some little just some <laughs> yes little i did little. like that yeah but yeah no that's a good point yeah i hadn't thought of that yeah but you know it, it gets me excited for where the show's gonna end up going this season because yeah it's you know uh, and, and obviously oh we gotta okay real quick before we get into the, to the future of the season we gotta talk about the big cameo at the end yeah. oh yeah the the capital T H E cameo. Yeah. Uh, yes. Mark, are you happy with the way it was executed? Uh yes, very much so. Um, I was a little if you know if the about because um, for those of you 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 guys I I know Brian kind of knows this but I'm not sure. For me, Boba Fett has always been one of the most 
overrated characters in Star Wars. I've Agreed. never been Agreed. a Boba fan. I agree. Um, but doing this and hopefully redeeming this character and making him, um, you know, what he was supposed to be initially, um, mm-hmm. I think could go a long way, long way for, for fans like me who were always just kind of like, oh, Boba Fett, yeah. Right. Um, but, you, you know, like I always say, yeah, my, my thing was always... Someone right now, until we hear otherwise, I'm going to say yes. I mean, I think so too, but someone someone pointed um, out to me today that it could just be one of a whole bunch of clones. Um, See, here's here's where yeah. I think the season's going to end up um, going. He's hunting down Mandalorians, and, and, and if he's... He, he hears about this Mandalorian on Tatooine, so he goes to hunt this Mandalorian down, and he's, he's hunting down to find the Jedi. So what Mandalorian do we know of that is on, like, first-name basis with a Jedi? Sabine Wren from, from Rebels. And she knows Ahsoka. And we know Ahsoka is going to be in this season at some point. That's right. And we know that Dave Filoni is directing the fifth chapter in this season. And that's a perfect spot to come across the first Mandalorian. It's like, oh, hey, I know a Jedi. You know, like, that's the perfect spot for it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So do yeah. you think Boba Fett I hope will thing, factor in? Mm. I think there's going to be a bigger arc with Boba. This, this is just me. Um, because I think he's the one yeah. in the, like the fifth episode in the first season that walked up and all you saw was his feet and you heard the spurs, <coughs> that cowboy on Tatooine. I'm pretty yes. sure that's who that was. Because um, me and my wife kept arguing back mm-hmm. and forth whether it was Cad Bane or Boba Fett. And I'm like, I would love to see Cad Bane pop up. But it's Mandalorian, so it's probably going to be Boba Fett. And now it, we know that's yeah. who that was. So this is the character, yeah. the character who finds the body of Ming Na. I forget what yeah. the character's name is. Yeah, that yeah. was on my list, and I never actually asked yeah. you, uh, Mark, last last week when we met. Was whose feet were those? You know, who who was that? Was it? I in my head, it was just the Mandalorian going back to give her a proper burial, or you know, something to the code of whatever. But I'm sure you're right now that I think about it. So. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought initially it was um, Mo- the Moth, um, Moth Gideon. Gideon, yeah. Um, yeah, because, you know, the boots seemed really, you know, when you see the boots, they seem very, you know, very polished. And that was my first thought was, oh, well, this is going to be the big baddie that we're going to see. Right. Uh, then we saw Moth Gideon. That was my first thought. thought was also, oh, maybe that was Gideon. Maybe that was Moth Gideon, that he's, you know, always in the background, you know, kind of right mm-hmm. behind him. But yeah, making it be um, Boba Fett would uh, also kind of make sense too. But I had heard that rumor too, that that it could be a clone, right. um, clone trooper. But uh, like I said, right now, until we hear otherwise, I'm going to stick with it's Boba. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, uh, the other person to be cool if it was, is, you know, if we see Ahsoka later on, if it was Captain Rex. Because we know Captain Rex was in Return of the Jedi with the big, the big white yeah. beard. They but did, they did squeeze his... him in his beard yeah. off. Well, unless Tamara Morrison yeah. is playing Rex and Boba Fett in this season. It's true. You got him. I mean, he's he's. It's a possible. I'm not saying that's what I think is going to happen. It's just the the possibility is there. <coughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean... Yeah. No, and I I kind of wondered if. You know, the writer of, writers of episode one are the same writers later in the season. If there was, you know, I, I like to think that when it's only an eight episode season, they have continuity and everyone talks to mm-hmm. everyone and we know, but 
part of me was just someone like, oh, I'll just throw that in there and then someone else can play off of it or not, you know? We might never yeah, even go yeah. back to go back to that character this season. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we'll give season three writers, you know, a little bit of something right. to play with. But well, we'll, well Dave out. Filoni's involved in this project and he can do the long game. Yeah. He, he knows how to do the long game. You, you saw that with Rebels when he did the World Between Worlds episode with Rebels. And that was like a two year plan there to come back to that with Ahsoka. So okay. he knows how to play the long game and he knows how to make plans in advance like that to really make something pay off in the long mm -hmm. run. That's encouraging. I think, to I think me. that's what it's going to be. Yeah. That's encouraging to me to know because I feel like I watch yeah. a lot of TV where you can tell there wasn't a plan even like six right. episodes prior, or they set something up, but it's for later that same episode, and and that's always mm -hmm. disappointing. Yeah. So that's encouraging to know. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> what? You, what? What's the title uh, of the well, next episode? Getting... I haven't looked. What? Uh. What's the title of the next oh, episode? I do not know. I'm looking it up now. Yeah. Mandalorian yeah, I, I season two titles. Didn't even look at that. So. Because as soon as they said it was the marshal, and then he said he was going to Moss Pelgo, I'm like, you got to be kidding. This is this is amazing. This you is going to be that. great. Uh, let's see here. Chapter. Okay. Oh, that's not right. Hang on, that was like some leak crap that. Uh, yeah, somebody was, was like exclusive on IMDb a couple of days ago. It did. It still just said, you know, season two, episode two. So that I didn't look around. I'm always scared to Google too much because uh, mm -hmm. I, I sort of I, I don't want to be inundated with too many theories and too many what ifs. You know, I like to have my right. Own. Yeah, I haven't I haven't looked it up. So, um, yeah. I'm incredibly curious. So, what do you think we'll see? more of our season one characters pretty soon or you think they're going to drag it out a little bit to see Kara and I, Carl Weathers, mm. whatever his character's name is. Moff Gideon. Oh. They showed all of those characters in the like previously on, which I always take to mean is relevant. And then at least in right. this episode, it wasn't relevant. He'll pop up yeah. at some point. Okay. So they don't have titles for the next episodes re uh, released just yet, but the next episode does say that's the one they're going to uh, Mon Calamari. Ooh. Oh, so that will be that episode, Moncala. That's yep. exciting. That's gonna be cool. Yeah, yeah, because we've never seen the actual yeah. planet and 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 like on, on screen before. We've seen it in the comics and stuff, but we've never seen it. Seen it. Oh, know? and this so, is really yeah. Well, we've seen it in the Clone Wars, right? No, this is really timely for me. Um, it was. It was. I in was the Clone gonna go Wars. watch the Clone Wars to see it. I'm my the next article I'm writing for Star Wars Insider is about. Um, adaptations of different uh, different alien races and so oh, someone nice. someone told me like oh because the Mon Calamari's eyes are so big and on the sides of their heads you know that must mean that their planet is really dark um, or that it's underwater and sure enough mm -hmm. it, I had to look it up because yeah. I haven't seen yeah. all of Clone Wars but so this will be I am so jealous I'm so jealous you get to watch Clone Wars for the first time I do I, I wish I could go back and watch it for the first time again it's so good yeah yes but anyway yeah oh uh, yeah so um as we start to wrap up here let's kind of get our we've already kind of got our initial thoughts let's talk about now of um well we kind of did we kind of did hit on what we think for the future and what we th hope you know for the next episode here and look at um, that we're we're experts we don't even have to segue into anything now we just yeah i know we, we segue into a segue Okay, we so did. I have a really important question. 
Do you think that okay. they could hear each other while talking on their speeder bikes while zooming around that? You know, <laughs> I thought about that because you could hear him no problem. Like they were just like right next to each other in a quiet, dark room, just with, a, you know, just telling everything. And I was like, there's no speeder sound at all. There's no way, right? He wasn't, like, getting, like, sand. He, he wasn't getting sand in his eyes or nothing. Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, no goggles, uh, no, when no you just, mask. I mean, when you just did that, when you just did that, that reminded me of one of my favorite scenes. And and this is crossing streams here again. One of my favorite scenes in the what was the movie Shazam. Yes, that's what it was. I knew when, it. Couldn't when, it. when the uh, the when the big villain is <laughs> monologuing the entire time, and Shazam's over here like, "What? I can't hear you. I can't. You're too far away." I couldn't remember what movie it was, so I'm so glad you had the same. Yes. Was, like, was that in Kickass? What movie was that? No, that was Shazam. Oh, that was Shazam. Shazam yeah. Funny. Yeah, that so was funny. great. Oh. Cause, so, yeah, it starts on, Cause it starts on, on him and he's and Mark strong. And he's just like giving this awesome, like Hitler speech. And you're like, Holy crap, this guy's pissed. And then it goes to Shazam and he's just over there. You hear the, what? <laughs> that at least explains why I thought it was kick-ass if it was Mark strong. So yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So funny. So I'm glad uh, you guys had that exact same moment. Though. Yeah, that was, I did. I was like, wait a second. Why? They got real quiet in the background all of a sudden. <laughs> bring the score down, bring the stand down, bring yeah. everything down. <laughs> and against Podracer wasn't that quiet. It's exposition time. Thank you. That was Podracer parts, right? That was Anakin's pod racer. Yes. I, I thought so. I was like, yeah. that looks so much like Anakin's pod racer. That was that was exactly one of the engines off of his pod racer. Yeah. Okay. So he has so he has a no, speeder built by Darth racer. Vader and armor worn by Boba Fett. Mm. So now this is pod racing. Yeah. Oh Mark, yeah. why? Now this is pod racing. <laughs> oh God. <sighs> Um, we don't, we don't, we don't really, do nine-year-old Anakin quotes. No, no. Well, I mean, do you want 19-year-old Anakin quotes? Because we can talk about sand. 23-year-old Anakin quotes. Oh, sorry, okay. sorry. That one was all right. <laughs> um, how about the quote from, from the marshal of the, what was the saying? It was like, the sun shines on a, or both sun, sometimes both suns shine on a womp rat's tail. That was good. I'm going to use that, that sometime was, in the next that week. That was good. I liked that very much. <laughs> that was really, really good. It just, you know, it's like that world building. It's those little things, you yeah, know, they, yeah. when they jump Culture. between scenes, um, showing, you know, the, so showing the animals, yep. you know, just little things, you know. You know, he was drinking blue milk. Was he? He was drinking blue milk. Was he? Oh, I need to go back and look in at the it. Bar, yeah. In the bar, in the bar, the drink he pours, he pour, it's, it's the blue milk. Oh, and I oh just, my gosh. I just thought of it as being some bright electric substance, but you're, yeah. You're, yeah, it could be. It could have been, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you go back and look. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Such a good episode, though. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, was a great way to bring it fun, back. It was a fun episode. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and even, once again, they did kind of what we talked to. Oh, go ahead, Mark. Um, Sorry. They did, once again, they did kind of what they did a lot in season one was to have these kind of, that while it still progresses the plot along, these are still standalone episodes that can kind of, you know, like when the season is over and you want to go back and binge it, you don't necessarily have to do, you know, watch this episode, then watch that episode, watch another right. episode, watch another episode. You can watch them out of order 
and still get, you know, a sense of what, you know, this was just a fun little adventure yeah. in, in space. You know, this was just a fun, a fun episode. That's, yeah. Which is what Star Wars is. Star Wars should be fun. Yeah. Yep. No, and I was talking about it with a friend and, you know, that sort of episodic nature, it feels like, you know, he was saying it feels like video games almost where you're like given a quest. And so this is this is chapter one of that quest or chapter nine of that quest, really, mm-hmm. you know, and then we'll have something different yeah. next week. Um, and that sort of breaking yeah. it up, I was saying how much I might have actually liked The Rise of Skywalker if it was a miniseries. Um, yeah. Because you can't go to seven different planets and have five different quests in one two hour and 20 minute movie. You just, you can't, it's too much. Right. But, but something yeah. like this format you can do things like that and so this right. is the appropriate yeah. format and they're doing it so well and the production value is so good like that crate dragon oh how, God, that, how low the tech budget the, the budget for that episode had yeah. to have been 50 million flat like it had to well, have been for that episode yeah, yeah one we'll thing we talked about we, we talked about this with uh, our last episode our, our first episode when me and melissa were talking what do you think of the time on this one because the last last season episode seemed to be very short yeah you know the whole first season 30, was short. You know, yeah 40 minutes at most and this one we got almost an hour yeah you know i it, i mean we got 50 minutes we'll have to yeah, wait and see went, what the next episode time runtime is uh because if it's up in the 50s you know, again then it's was, gonna be that's good yeah yeah because that was the one knock that I had was the episodes were so short last season. Yeah. yeah. Like. You basically got a um, third of a movie with this first episode. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. If nothing else, they've proved yeah. the concept. So maybe they asked for, you know, an hour last, last season. And it was like, well, we'll give you 40 minutes. You know, we're not sure about this. And then now it's yeah. like, they can ask for anything. Because yeah. everybody loves this show. Because that basically made Lauren's a gold kind of standard a correlation with. Yeah. The one thing that I saw a kind of a correlation with, with this episode and an episode last season was, I believe it was episode four. Uh, the one where we meet Kara. Yeah. Yeah. Sanctuary. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of similarities of, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that case, the monster was mechanical. In this case, the monster was, you know, an actual real monster, but it's the same, kind of almost the same thing of, the Mandalorian going in and teaching these people to defend, you know, to help defend themselves uh-huh. um, type of a thing, you know, whereas, and they both had very Western feels to them. That one was, you know, had the, you know, seven samurais, you know, the magnificent seven uh-huh. feel to it. This one had, you know, a spaghetti Western, uh, yeah. spaghetti Western feel to it, but yeah. I'll say it again. And I've said it before. I didn't think they could make the chicken walkers look terrifying, but they made the chicken walkers look terrifying. Yeah. In that episode. Um, yeah, that was just terrifying. Although, and we talked about this before, and you, I, I don't know if you'll agree with me, Brian, but to me, what made them even more terrifying was the reaction of the Mando and Kara after they found out what they were facing. Mm-hmm. When they come back and they're like, yeah, you guys got to leave. Yeah, you, you can't face these things. Bad news. And you guys have to move. Saying, I saw one of these things take out an entire platoon. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. This, this, this whole the, the the tough Mandalorian, not afraid of anything. Yep, bad news. You got to move. <laughs> yeah. No, that's convincing. And you're I've like, seen, I've seen Ewoks destroy these. I think. You see but it. If you guys say so. so. But then you see it. But then you yeah. see it, and you're just like, oh my gosh, that thing is terrifying. Oh. Yeah. oh. Well, it's it's funny now too because like we nightmare fuel. Oh God, yeah. We 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 had never seen a crate dragon before, but now when we go watch episode four, and Obi Wan does that crate dragon scream, now you get why the Tusken Raiders yeah. were shitting bricks and was like, we got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> like we got to go. Yeah. And and it makes a lot more sense now because the, the only thing we'd ever thought a crate dragon was that skeleton that was out in the middle of the desert behind three PO, and everybody's right. like, oh, that was a yeah. crate dragon, but yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> like that's not a crate dragon, and and now we know yeah. what what it, it is. Yeah. Did you when guys already at the top of the mountain? It was just insane. Yeah, I thought I really. And the fa- uh, one thing. Good. Oh, sorry. I just thought oh, there were going to be two, like because he had yeah. said, "Oh, that's oh, yes. bigger than I thought." So I thought, you know, I thought he had seen mm. one and they had seen another, and then especially when it came out of the top, I thought there were two, which I guess yeah. we haven't ruled oh. out, but you know, big things like that usually usually don't live uh, den together or whatever, Ooh, but... Yeah. yeah. I've never seen an and abandoned Sarlacc pit before. He mentions the Sarlacc. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's in Terrell's guide, too, right? In the field guide, it says that they eat Sarlacc yeah. if they can well, find them, so... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the, yeah that, that's the line I was talking about when he said it's like, yeah. like, there's no such thing as an empty Sarlacc pit. There is if something eats the sarlacc. Yeah. Here, I'll see it. Oh. You see the picture of it dragging the sarlacc off? Oh, that's so cool. Right? Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So someone someone checked out her field guide and was like, yeah, we got to work that in. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. That is cool. Did you guys already know what a crate dragon pearl was? Because I had no idea. I found it on Wikipedia. Uh, they mentioned uh, they they mentioned them in Knights of the Old Republic. That was Legends stuff, though. But they weren't that big. I mean, in, in Legends, you could put them in like in that game, you could use it as a lightsaber crystal or or whatever. But as soon as that Tuscan pulled that pearl out, I I almost like geek gasmed as much as I did when the dark saber came out at the end of season one. Like I was just like, you've got to be joking me. There's what actually freaking exists. There's one right there. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I had I no had, idea what it was. I had flashbacks. I had flashbacks to the egg. In, oh yeah, uh, last season with the Jawas. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, is that was the first thing I thought of? Was like, is that an egg? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking too. I thought it was an egg, and oh, I was maybe, exp- maybe yeah, I was half expecting one of the Tuscan Raiders to hack it open and then they'll all start eating it. Uh, and I was thinking they were going to raise the dragon and domesticate it, and then like. You know, like full Game of Thrones style. You know, I wondered. <coughs> I wondered if we would see a, a crate dragon pearl because the Tuscan Raiders said that they wanted the carcass of the crate and all of its ichor. So everything that was still in there, I was like, "Are we gonna get a crate dragon pearl?" Like they know what's inside that thing. Like, please be a crate dragon pearl. Yeah, I, I when, heard that line, and I yeah. had to look up what ichor means, but I didn't know that oh, really? the whole thing was coming. So that's very cool. Yeah, it was awesome saying that that they actually did have a crate dragon pearl. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're all excited for next episode, it sounds like. Yes, we are. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, let's wrap up uh, this episode. And we thank you, everyone, for joining us here. uh, Or that will be joining us when we publish this episode. Um, 
and let's start off, Melissa, where can people find you at? Oh, yeah, I am Melissa Truth, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-T-R-U-T-H on Twitter. Um, I also have a website that's called HowManyScientists.com. Uh, where I talk about nerdy things like this, like the science of Star Wars, the science of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and all sorts of other nerdy properties. So you can find me oh, there. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, and Brian, where can people find you on the internet? Everywhere. Uh, you guys can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, with the Star Wars Canon Podcast, which is going to be coming back in the next couple weeks uh, with three new co-hosts that are going to be joining me. Uh, we're going to be catching up on a whole bunch of stuff that we've missed out on over the last several months. Uh, you guys can also, if you're interested, if you've got an Android device, uh, it's coming out on, uh, on the App Store this spring. Uh, the Star Wars Canon Library mobile app is now available on Google. So uh, make sure to download that if you guys are interested in keeping up on all the Canon stuff. There's a timeline on there, a link to the podcast, links to where you can buy almost every piece of Canon material that there is. Uh, and I actually, they're, uh, they're all Amazon affiliate accounts. So you guys get a little bit of a discount too, if you get them through the, through the mobile app. So definitely go check that out. I, I definitely appreciate it. And actually, uh, Mark, uh, is going to be having uh, the war of the stars on the mobile app here yes. as soon as I get the pages put together. And, uh, if you guys have a podcast out there that you would like to get on the mobile app, shoot me an email and, uh, we'll see, we'll work something out. We'll see what we can do. All right. Well, Brian just mentioned it. You can hear me each and every week on the War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast, along with my host, Joe Cahill and Ray Rumsey. Um, you can email us. Our email is thatwasthewaythe2020 at gmail.com. You can also check us out on YouTube. Remember, it's same same name, That Was the Way 2020 Remember, like and subscribe. It goes a long way. And you can find us on Anchor Podcast. Um, we last want to thank everyone who checked us out last week. We had over 25 listeners on anchor, uh, everywhere from the United States to Ireland, to the Netherlands and the Philippines. So, uh, thank you all. Uh, I don't know how to say hello. I know how to say hello in Dutch. Danke. Uh, that's about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's exciting. So hopefully we'll, we'll get more followers. Yeah. And um, I want to hear from people about what we missed, what we didn't talk about, um, and any more Easter eggs that I missed, because I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure there were some. Check out the Facebook page. That was the way the Mandalorian after show. Just search that was the way Mando after show on Facebook. You can find it. Twitter handle, that was the way 2020. Uh, and that is about it. That's right now where you can find us at. Uh, if you want to email me personally, my email is johntolly3930 at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, so until next time, um, I don't know how we're going to end this, but, um, uh, this was the way. Yeah. <laughs> I hope both suns will shine on a womp, ran, womp rat's tail for you. I don't know what the sign-off is either. We'll think of something. <laughs> <laughs>